hey, welcome to My Real Estate Mistakes. I am Chauncey Hilliard. Uh, De Quincey Edwards. Yeah, I got to put my shades back on. Ah! <laughs> Too cool for school. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about what we did for our 30th birthday. So uh, if anyone who knows us, they probably can kind of say is that we try to always top ourselves. We compete with ourselves. So we like, yep. what would we want to do for our 30th birthday? Uh, should we take a trip? We're like, nah, we take trips all the time. Yeah. That's not going to change anything. I said, a lot. what do you think if we buy a big property together? Uh, and we was like, hmm, maybe so. That's like, I see this subdivision for sale. What if we buy this to, uh, for our 30th birthday, we bought a subdivision? And, <laughs> we, and just to go ahead and give this disclaimer out for everybody that knows that uh, we came up with this idea at CIAA, which is a big... Uh, Shout out to HBCU. <laughs> South Carolina State. South Carolina State. <laughs> A&T, even though I never went, but I like A&T a lot. I love their homecoming. <laughs> Shout out to the Aggies. But that is kind of where we came up with this subdivision idea was we were online in the middle of the night yep. because you still got to still do your regular job. But at night, that's when you're supposed to actually figure out what your next hustle is going to be. Exactly. So we were at CIAA. We was like, hmm, it's a subdivision for sale in West Columbia. Let's see if we can buy it. Yep. And that's kind of how it got started was is that we just was like hoping to dream. Uh, so we wrote the offer because we we're real estate agents, and we're, like, we're going to write it and see what happens. See, he say we wrote the offer. First of all, you go on from flipping a couple of properties to buying a whole community. That's yeah. a, a different kind of step. It is. So we technically, we was at we was at CIAA, and we just like, why not? Mm-hmm. That's how I've been. That's been the same goal we had all the time. Uh, from the first why not? Flip. It's already a no. <laughs> already so why not we have nothing to lose nothing so we he wrote the offer and then he called us and say we got it <laughs> i was like really <laughs> so the subdivision was uh off of highway one in west columbia it was a four unit townhouse subdivision mm-hmm. and they had 15, 16 lots? Yep, at the back. That wasn't, that was clear, developed, what I mean developed, water, sewer, gas. Permits. Always in place mm-hmm. uh, to build more townhouses. So we are, we, we bought that, what, September? Yeah, but let's see, let's put this back. If anybody know what CIAA is, CIAA is right around end of January. But in the February. In the February. First of March. Yeah, the first of March is what CIAA is. So when we initially wrote that contract, we didn't have an idea who was going to get financing from. No pre-approval letter. No pre-approval letter. But the people accepted the offer. So the only thing we had was the earnest money to put down. Had earnest money. And we asked for a, a hundred and, 120 days for the due diligence. <laughs> Four months due diligence. Four months due diligence. Six we, months close. Yeah, six months close. Because <laughs> we figure by that time, we have to figure out a way to get this other thing. Okay. Yeah, and the whole basis of it was it was our, it was everyone's thirtieth birthday year. Yeah. So when we, we gonna, say everyone, we have another partner. Yeah, we have a partner. Uh, our, our, one of our best friends, John. Yep. Uh, he was one on this deal. He's on also. the deal too. Yep. And so at the initially the closing date was after John's birthday. Yes, in yep. August. August. And 
this is a disclaimer out. We still went on trips for our birthday that year, too. Yeah, we, we were in Vegas. <laughs> Definitely. We were in Vegas for like a week. Yeah. A long, a long time. time. Yeah. The only reason why we went to Vegas a long time, let me put this out, even though it's not, it doesn't matter. We went so long because the ticket prices were cheaper. Yeah, they go from a, a Tuesday, Tuesday to a Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, it would save us like three, four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like first class, so <laughs> I took that same. <laughs> so on the Southern Vision, the first two months, we didn't do absolutely nothing. Nothing. On it. Well, first of all, first, first, before you say, we had trouble buying the Southern Vision. Yeah. Okay. What happened was, uh, Chauncey Goodfriend, uh, worked at a bank, he financed it for us. Yep. But when we had another appraisal, another mistake, they only gave us money to buy the four complete units. They didn't give us money to buy the land. Mm-hmm. So with that saying, we was about $67,000 short mm-hmm. by that, by, by that, that time. By that time. So we had to put 20% down, mm-hmm. plus we had to need that $60,000, dollars that we were short to make this deal complete mm-hmm. the normal way. Mm-hmm. So this one I say, we good to have people who who have the same goals as you, take Noah's, take Noah's not an answer, mm-hmm. and figure out a way because literally, we was about to walk away from the deal because mm-hmm. it, uh, it came in on the value. Mm-hmm. But then I, then I said, well, I remember me and John talk, and it's like, I don't have any more capital put into this deal. Mm-hmm. And I told John, I told John, I'm not putting no more capital <laughs> into this deal because I got other obligations I got to do mm-hmm. besides the subdivision. So I came back and say, but Chauncey, they want to close just like we want to close. Mm-hmm. So can they own a finance? Mm-hmm. The shortest from the bank, five-year owner financing deal, they get paid interest monthly, and we'll, we'll take them out between that five years. And see, and what that he uh, also that he did before is that what we did was we went and looked and see how much they actually own, owe on the property. Exactly. So that's how we knew that the money that we were short by was actually their profit. Versus actually what they owe on it. Exactly. So we look used that, and that's how we actually went back to them on it. And honestly, we were by that time the appraisal came back short two or three days before closing. So it's not like we had time. Yes. To actually think about this great idea, but that's when you actually have collaboration with different people on the team, and you know what your team strong. I mean, your strengths and weaknesses are. So. I didn't even think about it as an idea. Quincy came back and said, hey, this is the only option that we have. It's the only thing we have. I said, because <laughs> I, I told the agent, I said, hey, do you want to make this deal? Because you don't make money till this close. Exactly. You want to make this deal. You want to do another, because uh, they threatened, we got more offers. We want to put it back on the market. I, I don't care what you just said. This is the only thing we can do. Exactly. We can close tomorrow if y'all take this deal. Mm-hmm. And they took all our terms. They did. And initially they came back and they told us no. Yeah, they did yeah, tell, they us tell us no. Yeah, they told us no. And then we thought, yeah, we thought the deal was off. Yeah. So what we did was, you think we canceled our Vegas trip? Nope. No. Nope. It was like, let's get on the plane and we lost the earnest money and we're going to go to Vegas. So we went to Vegas and I think we was in Vegas the second night. And then we saw an email came back and they said, because I think we didn't even have terms initially. No, they came yeah, back. With, yeah. They came back with terms, and then we realized that they wanted to play. Yeah, so like, we actually, instead of us accepting their terms, nope. At that time, we knew they wanted to play. That they were, they wanted to, to sell that property as much as we wanted to buy it. So that's when we started back negotiating. 
Yeah. So we negotiate those terms so that we actually can close on that property. And I think that initially started a very high interest rate. But being that we know that we can negotiate, we actually negotiate those terms. They came up with a happy medium that was good for both of uh, us. And, um, and, and that wasn't just the only issue that happened with that subdivision is that in between that time, we had a hurricane scare. Yes. So our uh, sure. insurance company told us that they were not going to insure it because when a, uh, when the state goes into state of emergency, insurance companies normally freeze writing policies. Yep. So the policy was frozen. And we had four units, but we had a, 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 a property that was about 25% done within like framing yeah. that was attached to it as well. So we had a total of six units, and this property didn't have any windows or anything. So we saying a hurricane is actually approaching this property. That's going to be the first property that goes down. Yes. So they kind of threatened us <laughs> that if we didn't close in that time frame, that they were going to come after us. But that's when a good attorney comes into play. Exactly. We, our, our attorney stepped into play and actually uh, made sure that we were covered under there. So getting your team together at that point, this is not like buying your first investment property. This subdivision, we actually had to get you know, good mortgage company, a good actual uh, attorney, get a good um, CPA involved and know how we're going to structure these deals. And knowing your partners was actually very, very uh, important because everyone contributed to it. And us doing that, like if Quincy never would have came up with that idea about on the financing, we would have lost the property. But being that he was creative in that aspect of it, it created a whole different game for us. And that's why some people are like, I'm going to do 100% of it by myself. That doesn't work out in every scenario because when you have right partners, everyone knows what their roles are and everyone plays their roles and everyone contributes to the success of the team because you're just as uh, good as your weakest link. And in this case scenario, Quincy was definitely slam dunk that when it comes to the owner finance because no more capital was going personally out of pockets into them, and they accepted that deal. Yeah, um, getting into that property, so we closed on it. We was happy. We, so we went through all that to close the property. So yeah. we just came out from Vegas. We closed the property, and we forgot about the property. Yeah, because yeah. it, it was that much draining. Like <laughs> I gotta go back to making some money. <laughs> I mean, that's good we investing, but I need to go back to my uh, my regular job, my regular business. You know, mm-hmm. and making some money. So we we let it sit two months, about two months, right? Two months. And then and the reason because we, reason why we let it sit because we we got some money back from the closing. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so. What we did was we got the money back for the closing. Quincy was our real estate agent. That's that's another way. <laughs> See, when you're licensed in South Carolina, you can represent yourself or represent. Mm-hmm. I was representing actually. I was representing Chauncey in the transaction. We mm-hmm. both licensed real estate, but I was representing them, so we could save three percent mm-hmm. off the deal. Or three percent can go back into the back into the deal for mm-hmm. capital. Mm-hmm. So because we know that mortgage, that mortgage was what twenty seven hundred a month. It was a expensive mortgage payment. Yes. And, and at that time, even though we had four units, you would think that it was actually in the black. But the reason why they were selling because it was in the red. I think we had two vacant units. We had, well, we find out it wasn't four units. Oh, I forgot about that part. We yeah. Had, we find out it was five. Mm-hmm. One of the complete units was foreclosed on. Yep. The other three, one was 
one was vacant, one lady was moving out, mm-hmm. and the other people was behind the rent by two months. Mm-hmm. So we had to work through getting. Yeah, so the rent, people. so and that's rent rolls. Yeah, so if you buy a multifamily or anything of like that, what's important to get on the front end is rent rolls. Because a true rent roll. A true rent roll, too. Yeah. So you see in what actually is behind who's been paying their rent on time and how long they have been there. Those were the important parts. So the first two months, I think we probably, because we had that 3%, so you had that money in that um, that actual account to pay the mortgage. But we realized that 3%, when you have a lot of overhead, it's going to dwindle down very, very, very quickly. So... At that time, we had to figure out what exactly we were going to do at that point is, are we going to, because initially it was supposed to be a buy and hold, which in real estate terms is that you're going to hold it more than uh, two or three years. Exactly. Uh, Typically, five years or more is a buy and hold versus a buy and flip. So initially, we had to figure out how can we get this complex from actually going from the uh, get out of the red and get into the black. at that time, the rent that was actually being paid on that one unit did not cover what the actual overall debt was. So we had to start contributing to uh, the obligations monthly because it, it wasn't enough money to go around. So we had to be, and that's when we became very creative again. And yeah. that's when you have partners that sit down and think about what can we do in order to move this subdivision forward because. Right now, it's draining money out of our pocket, and I don't care what no one says. I don't care how much money you have or how little money you have. Um, when you're losing money every month, you're going to become creative. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we had a, a property manager collecting mm-hmm. rent, and I'm like, we're not getting none of this money. Like, yep. where, where's the money going? So we had to come up like, either we're going to come up with $900 a month, like another mortgage on this property, a piece for each person, are we going to figure out how to increase these rents while we can kind of get this thing going? So we fired the property manager. We definitely had to fire the property <laughs> yeah. manager. He was making more money than we were. Yeah, we definitely was. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like he was more loyal to his renters than us. He was. Oh, yeah. And my thing is, is that when you're coming into something that's already established, you have to really kind of uh, come in there and set the new law that's what's going to be around exactly. because – he was loyal to the renters and the previous owners. He had no loyalty to us at all. And in this scenario, we could tell that he wasn't loyal to us because yeah. he just basically tell us that we're not sending any money because they haven't sent any money versus giving an explanation on why they didn't send any money to us. Exactly. Yeah. So in that equation, we had to go in and actually do everything ourselves. And in some scenarios, you may want to hire a new property manager. By that time, we didn't have the money to hire a property manager because we needed to do the renovations, and that was very important so, to us. So back what I'm saying, no money equals more time. Exactly. <laughs> so we had to put more time into, into it. The, we had to property manage the property ourselves. Exactly. And also we, we met and said, maybe it's time to offload these properties because if, if we sold the three we we have finished the bank loan exactly because we had we had a bank loan and we had that that owner's financing loan too, mm-hmm. so that's how you know that money was coming out too. Mm-hmm. So we were saying if we sell the three properties, mm-hmm. then we can clear the bank loan because the bank loan had the biggest mortgage, mm-hmm. and we can we can figure out a way what we're gonna do with the land. Exactly. So that was our first goal was to pay back the bank so, on that bank loan. So we renovated 
So we had one good unit in very good shape. Yeah. So we said, this is going to be the star unit. We're going, I think that they just left before we bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went in there and we did a little bit of repairs. It's yeah, like carpet and paint. Carpet and paint. And we're talking about these things are about 11, 1,200 square feet. So it was very inexpensive to put carpet and paint in them. Carpet and paint. Yep. And we sold it ourselves. Yeah, we did. But what the thing is that is that, like we said, was we bought this after Labor Day. On a traditional market, around Christmas time, people buying gifts yes. and uh, things for their family. Not Whether buying. Whether it's cold, not yeah. going out to open houses. Not going to open houses. So nobody's not buying this unit. So we thought this unit was going to sell quickly because it was very inexpensive, fairly new, very just renovated. Because we flipping houses, we at that time we probably done flipped 10, 20 houses at the time. Yeah. And we flipped that many. So we like, oh, this is gonna sell just like this right here and there. Um no. No, no sale. No. It was it was a two bedroom, two and a half bath town. Yeah. So it was a unique buyer. Yep. That you know, looking for that. So that so we had it on the market, so we still had to bring money in there. Mm-hmm. So we think about what can we do. So we went to one of your rental properties. Mm-hmm. And because you was you was uh, getting rid of the furniture, you was switching yeah, out so, furniture. Yeah, so I am in the Airbnb space, but right now both of us are in the yeah. Airbnb kind of temporary rental space. So what we did at that point there was we I had I was I had a lot of properties in Columbia initially, which is my home base. Is that it's very convenient for me to run it there. But I was running an Airbnb. Uh, about a 45-minute drive, which became very hard to manage myself. So I wanted to turn that from a short-term rental to a long-term rental. Mm-hmm. So we had this house for sale. Let's say uh, B was for sale. But going back to the person that wasn't paying rent in A, we eventually had to evict him and get him out of A. So we didn't change the one that we had for sale into an Airbnb we actually changed the one that the person moved out into a Airbnb. And the furniture that we had was, um, I bought all the furniture from, I went to one day, because I didn't have a lot of money, I went to all the Goodwills, (laughs) 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 all the Salvation Armory, I mean Armory, uh, whatever those discount stores was, I had, uh, rented a truck from Enterprise and piled all that stuff in there. And uh, I gave my sister a budget because that's all we had. We had $500 budget. Yep. And she made it work. So we took that furniture that was in that property, took it to this new property. And initially, we were supposed to get $800 a month in rent. Uh, Airbnb, you can get a lot more money in rent. So I think we started renting it out for like $1,800 a month. Yeah, so that's all I was about to say. Reason why we went the Airbnb route because we only had we had to have a unit that gave us the most money at a time because we didn't want to take all make all the we didn't have enough money to make all the units Airbnb. We had to sell one. We had to put. We had to wait till somebody leave another one, and then the the third one somebody left. Mm-hmm. So we were selling one. So that had to be the Airbnb one. So we had to think about how can we flip this rent more than once a month because mm-hmm. rent in the air is going for eight nine hundred dollars a month. Yep. So. Like we had an Airbnb background, we said we just gonna make this a short term rental. Y'all realize uh, a hotel room costs a hundred bucks. Exactly. And we had eighty five nine dollars a night. And you got two bedrooms. That's mm-hmm. a way and a more. kitchen and a kitchen and it and feels like room. yeah. You not know, feel like you're in a hotel. That's a way. That's mm-hmm. real far. And then then you had a partner. Then we had our partner John. That's where he came in because he's good with managing 
and and monitoring his systems and things. Mm-hmm. And he ran the Airbnb while we was fixing up and selling the property. Exactly. So we turned instead of getting eight nine hundred dollars, we was turning around profit wise by eighteen hundred dollars. Exactly. And that was paying the mortgage. One unit was paying the mortgage. And one unit was paying the mortgage. Till we sold the other one. Until we sold the other, and the other one didn't sell immediately. I think we turned it into an Airbnb space. So let's put the time frame together. We probably closed September October. Yep. December was when we actually changed that renter left that wasn't paying uh, their rent. And they were evicted. They left probably around December. We went back in in December. Actually, we did have the. We, we didn't do any renovations to it. We actually just got it clean and cleaned the carpet. Yep. And the person had a, a pet in the house. Yeah. So we actually had to um, get uh, get a good carpet cleaning guy. Definitely. He got rid of the pet smell out of the carpet, and we put the actual uh, furniture that we got from the other unit into that property. And then that's when that property, I think it started, it was rented fairly quickly. Well, the Airbnb? The Airbnb. Oh, yeah. As soon as we put it out there, that, that started generating money. Yeah, it started generating money. so much money. We thought about doing a whole subdivision like that. Oh, uh, yeah, Airbnb, which I'm glad we didn't because yeah. uh, we had a solar eclipse that happened, and we made a lot of money off of that. But then that solar eclipse became an issue because then we had a lot more competition. Yeah, exactly. So... We use that as leverage to actually get it all. So once we sold the first one, the Airbnb one was the no. I think we no. We, we sold we sold we sold the first one. Then we had the one next to it. Yep. No, no, we had the one. Yeah, we sold five oh six first. We we sold five oh eight first. So sorry, okay, yeah, five oh eight first. Yeah, and then we had we actually sold the Airbnb one because it, it it came back to back to back. It did. It was like when we got one sold, we got the other two on the contract pretty quickly. After mm-hmm. We got it back so fast, the one that was foreclosed we talked about earlier came on the market. Exactly. And and we got that for the low also. Yeah, we got that one for the low also. And we did the same scenario that we talked about in uh, the episode is that we just on kept. On first one. Yeah, on my first one is that we kept sending the same offer over and over and over. And eventually they took it. And we kind of told, we told. The realtor that get this message like nobody gonna want this unit. Exactly. We we gonna be here. We can actually take the unit as is. Mm-hmm. It's uh because because then we own we had a, a competitive advantage. We own the HOA. Exactly. So we said, hey, if you don't sell us this unit, we gonna start finding you guys because it's messed up our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But it is. HOA, it was. It's a pretty bad unit. Like they had old bad cars yeah. parked out in the front. Old cars. They left it abandoned. Trash. Yeah. Trash everywhere. Actually, it was hurting our subdivision. It was. It was. Yeah. It was definitely a bad looking uh, property, and it really definitely did hurt our subdivision. But in between that, I think another thing that we didn't even talk about that we learned about a horizontal regime. Yes. So we learned that on the first closing. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. So the selling the first unit, we at first we kind of figure out exactly how we. Uh, how to sell it, and when we actually got that first buyer, then we did the Airbnb so that we could generate some more money coming in, so we could actually pay some of the bills. And then we're getting the closing, and we had a red flag that came up. Final step. Yeah, the final step. It was a horizontal. What was it? Was it vertical or horizontal? No, it's horizontal. It's a horizontal regime, and. Us buying our first subdivision, our first mistake, we didn't even know the ass was it a horizontal regime because I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't even ask how they set up the subdivision. Exactly. And they set up the subdivision as a horizontal regime because 
it was less rigorous for them to start the subdivision. Exactly. Because uh, we was flipping single family homes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We never thought, and we thought, and they sold it to us as a townhouse. Exactly. But in the when you do the uh, the title work and look mm-hmm. at the title and the deed description, it has horizontal regime. That means you're buying a condo. So mm-hmm. anybody who understands buying a condo is totally different from buying a single family home. Exactly. It's different regulations. It's different ways, different steps you have to get through. And the, the bank looks at it condo. differently. And look at it very differently because the reason why you are sharing a roof and a share wall with someone. Mm-hmm. So the bank, the bank saying basically they own unit three. But if unit four roof damage get messed up, it might damage their property. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of different kind of insurances you need mm-hmm. and different regulations. So we find that out on the twelfth hour. Mm-hmm. But luckily, luckily, she was conventional. She was conventional, exactly. If she was FHA, there's no difference.